The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good morning, everyone, uh, if you're on the West Coast, and good afternoon, everyone, if you're on the East Coast. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Well, we have a, a really terrific topic, and I, I really love the name of the book. And the name of the book is Penis Power. Very interesting. The Ultimate Guide to Male Sexual Health. And our guest today is Dr. Seth Dudley Seth Danoff. And I think you're really going to enjoy this program. He is the author of this new book, Penis Power, The Ultimate Guide to Male Sexual Health. His book offers practical, safe, and no-nonsense advice for men and women, facts about erectile dysfunction and potency and prostate, and tips for a healthy, active sex life at any age. And Dr. Danoff will talk a lot about the complexity and mystery of the male anatomy. Now, about Dr. Danoff, he's a diplomat of the American Board of Urology and a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. And he's also the author of Superpotency, How to Get It, Use It, and Maintain It for a Lifetime. Welcome, Dr. Danoff. Thank you so much for having me, Patricia. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. I don't even know where to start. There's so much. But I do want to read something to my listeners, okay? Here's what Larry King says about your book. Dr. Danoff's book is the best book I've ever read on this most important subject. Every man should read it, and so should women. Wolfgang Puck has said, Dr. Danoff is a world-class urologist. He's written a world-class book that should be read by every man and woman who enjoys sex. Yes, and I mean, and we could go on and on, but Wolfgang told me that it was the best book other than his cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I guess the question is why you decided to write this book. Did you find that there's a lot of misunderstanding about male sexual health? We're not talking about it enough. Well, uh, you know, most men and then almost all women are, are really quite ignorant about the penis and the male sexual apparatus in general. And I have a lot of patients who have what I call penis doubt. Uh, they have a lot of misapprehensions about the way it works, why it works, where it works, and I thought I would write this book. And interestingly, I am a mainstream urologic surgeon. I spend my days dealing with prostate cancer and kidney transplants, and I felt a real need for this book. So I decided on uh, this very catchy title, and, of course, mainstream press and mainstream America said, oh, my God, you can't use the word penis on the cover of a book. And I said, you know, look, the penis is to the urologist what the stomach is to the gastroenterologist or the heart is to the cardiologist. Yeah. You know, get over it. Uh, it's just another body part. So I'm trying to bring the penis out of the closet, get people to talk about male sexual issues more freely. 
Well, I want to read something that you've said, and I, I think this is fascinating. You've said, according to Dr. Danoff, penis power is 1% between the legs and 99% between the ears. Yes, and in most, in the most American men under the age of 60, that is very, very accurate. There's a lot of self-doubt. Is it big enough? Will it work when I want it to work? Why is it this way? Why is it that way? I mean, no woman would ever have a year pass that she didn't have a mammogram and a pap smear. And yet most men are very reluctant to have a genital examination or a prostate examination. They have this macho image, oh, I don't need to go to a doctor, and I'm trying to change that. Mm. Mm. You say it's rare that an organic condition causes a man's inability to perform. So delight in knowing that sex is an equal opportunity benefit offered to all. <laughs> yes, and that's true. Now, look, as men get older, there are some diseases, atherosclerosis, hypertension, diabetes, vascular changes, which do impact. But in most younger men, uh, erectile dysfunction is absolutely above the waist. And, and here's an important question, and I don't want to get off on this because it's a whole other topic. But when we talk about... Uh, Men and women who cheat, particularly men who cheat on their spouses. And we know that, that this is very, there's a high number. I think the statistics are like one out of three. Why is this happening? Is this happening because something's going on in the brain? It's not going on in their penis, correct? Well, well yeah, there's, there's no question that man is penocentric. And, uh, you know, the, when the uh, penis gets stiff, I think the blood rushes from his brain to the tip of his penis and he becomes a bumbling moron. So all men are tempted. I mean, that is just the nature of the beast. And then add to that what we see on television and all of these images, uh, uh, and it, it adds to this tragic statistic. It takes a lot of restraint, but, but men are weak when it comes to their penises, and we talk a lot about that in, in the book. Very now, a smart woman or a smart partner can take advantage of that, <laughs> if, they, if they recognize that weakness. Interesting. But then again, if they turn off to the man, that's a whole other issue in the, in the relationship. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, there is no greater aphrodisiac than love itself. So if there's passion, if there's understanding, uh, you don't need Viagra, Levitra, uh, you know, that's, that's, that is the aphrodisiac. If there's anger, if there's anxiety, if there's worrying... Uh, that's the worst thing for penis power that could ever happen. Another thing, it's so interesting, I recently uh, interviewed Dr. Oz, which I was thrilled to do, and one of the things he talks about in his work is that a stress reliever is having good sex. Oh, absolutely. It's the best exercise for the brain. It's good for the cardiovascular system. It's good for the muscles of the lower and the upper body. Uh, sex is the greatest, uh, the greatest sport on earth. <laughs> then why do, why is it so mixed up? I won't use the other word. But why is it? Why, why is it so? If if it's great and if it works, why do we have so many problems, Doctor Danoff? Well, I think there's that's, and I try I try to address that in my book. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about anatomy and how the organ works and why it works and when it works. I think there's a lot of uh, inter, interpersonal problems which come into play. I mean, we can't get along with our family. We can't get along with our friends. We often can't get along with our significant other. And all of those things interplay. 
I mean, in terms of the way the penis functions, there's a direct line from the brain right down to the groin. I mean, it's like a high-tension wire. And anything that's confusing the brain will, will in, in, in the end, confuse the penis. Interesting. Is it true that what women want most is a man with a very large penis? Absolutely false. You know, I have seen more penises, Patricia, that can fill the Rose Bowl. And I've seen a fair number of women attached to those penises come into my office. Not once ever, Patricia, in nearly 40 years of practice, has a woman ever said to me, Dr. Danoff, could you make my man's penis longer, fatter, wider? What I've had them say is, can you make it a little firmer and attach it to a nicer guy? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, there are a small number of women that may be obsessed with size, just as there are men who are obsessed with size, but size doesn't matter. All the action is up front at the glands or the tip of the penis. All the action is at the clitoris or at the entrance to the vagina. So what we're looking for is somebody with a good, firm penis, with a big heart, and probably a black American Express card wouldn't hurt either. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. All right. What is the truth about penis enlargement? Can is, that be done? It is, it is the worst thing any man could ever think of. You know, men are all boys. And I don't know a man alive that doesn't, quote, want a bigger penis. I, I don't know why, but all, all men do. But to make a penis larger is undoable. It's not like a breast implant. It's not like a nose job. It surgically cannot be done effectively. The penis goes from a little, small, shrunk a little organ to something which is, when erect, you know, maybe ten times its original size. There's no graft material that will stay steady while all of this is happening. Every surgical attempt to make the penis larger, sometimes called phalloplasty, has been an utter failure. And the un most unhappy patients I have in my practice are those that have tried it. So who is ever listening to this program, if he's even thinking uh, phalloplasty, penis enlargement, as we used to say in Brooklyn, forget about it. Mm. It's terrible. Mm. Let's go back to sex, which people love to talk about. You know, we talk about not enough sex. We hear about that all the time. I wish I had more sex. I don't have enough sex. What about too much sex? Is there a problem with that? Well, there isn't a problem with too much sex. I mean, there is no such thing as too much sex. It's very interesting about the penis. The penis is a very rugged organ. You know, you could twist it, bend it, bang it. Uh, if you did that to your little finger, you'd probably end up in a cast. And actually, the most sensitive part of the penis is the skin. So you can actually irritate the skin by too much friction. But there is really no such thing as too much sex. No man is allowed a limited number of orgasms in his lifetime. Um, there, is, there is no limit. You know, bringing up, when you, you, when you said the word skin, I must ask this question, and again, this is material for a whole other program, and that is to be circumcised or not to be circumcised. Well, that, you know, that is a very emotional issue. It's a religious issue. It's a very prejudicial issue. Mm -hmm. um, most men who have a foreskin, most uncircumcised men who have a foreskin, which is e easily retractable, and, can, and where the penis or the tip of the penis, the glands of the penis can be well cleaned. There's no need for a circumcision. I mean, not only is circumcision mandatory uh, in the Jewish faith, but as you know, all Muslims are circumcision. So there are, you know, hundreds of millions of men who are circumcised around the world. 
I do not encourage my adult patients who are uncircumcised to become circumcised unless it's problematic. It's all about cleanliness. Uh, one incidental finding is... How do, you feel, how do you feel about from birth? That's a different story, correct? Uh, that, that's a different story, and I think that's something between a, a, a parent and, the, and, their, and their doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly have never seen a case of penile cancer in a circumcised male. It just doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that may be something in favor of it, but if, if it, the foreskin is easily retractable, an erect penis looks the same as a, an uncircumcised penis looks the same as a circumcised penis. But if you have a non-retractable foreskin, uh, you know, then that is problematic and we should deal with that and that, that patient should be circumcised. Okay. You were going to say something else about incidentally, and I don't remember what that uh, was, but I, it was something in there. Let, let's go on to um, overusing or injuring the penis. Well, I, again, other than the penile skin, the, the penis is a very rugged organ. As they say, it can be bent, twisted, banged, jumped on, hammered. Um, there's no bone in the penis, so, you know, the penis can't get fractured. And it's the skin of the penis which is the most sensitive part. All right. Now, again, let's go into an, another piece, which is prostate cancer. Right. Um, what, do you fa- what do you say to men who are facing a diagnosis of prostate cancer? And is there anything that, that, we, that we know we can do to prevent prostate cancer? Okay. Uh, there will be 240,000-plus cases, new cases of prostate cancer in the United States this year alone. Over 30,000 men will die of prostate cancer. Since the advent of PSA, which is called prostate-specific antigen, a blood test which screens for prostate cancer, we've reduced the, the deaths from prostate cancer by almost 25%. So what we want to do with prostate cancer is make the diagnosis early. The treatment for prostate cancer today is very sophisticated. And we can treat the majority of patients using a robot, robotic surgery, in which we preserve their ability to get an erection and we preserve their continence. There are many patients who we diagnose with prostate cancer who don't require any treatment. They require what we call watchful waiting or they require what we call active surveillance. So uh, the diagnosis of prostate cancer cancer or the fear of prostate cancer is not the bacha morte. It is not the kiss of death. All right. So there's hope. What you're saying is, is there any preventive, any foods we can eat, any behaviors? I mean, there's certainly breast cancer awareness and prevention. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, prostate cancer is genetically linked. So if you are a male and you have a male in your family who has prostate cancer, you are 30% more likely to get prostate cancer. If you are an African-American male, you are more likely to get prostate cancer than a Caucasian male. There's a lot of evidence, anecdotal evidence, that weight control, low-fat diet, high-protein diet is very helpful for prostate health. Uh, There are a number of uh, uh, substances out there, some people's zinc, selenium, uh, mm-hmm. Fish oil appear to be somewhat beneficial, although the jury is still out on that. There's not much you can do other good general health, weight control, uh, keep high protein diet, 
uh, low-carb diet, low-fatty diet, all of those things are helpful. Okay. All right, now let's talk about all the TV ads that we see for pills that make more men more potent. How safe are they? Well, the three drugs that are legitimate drugs are Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, and a, and a new one called Staxin, S-T-A-X-Y-N. Those are drugs of performance. Uh, they, are, they are not drugs of desire. They, they increase blood flow to the penis. And when taken properly and under medical supervision, uh, they are entirely safe. They are performance-enhancing drugs. Other than those drugs, all of the commercials that you see on television extends, and this pill and that pill clearly benefit the people that sell it infinitely more than the people that buy it. Interesting. Hmm. But, but so you're saying the results are not as good as they could be? Is that what you're saying? No, no. With the, with the drugs that I mentioned, the legitimate drugs approved by the FDA, those are remarkably effective drugs. I mean, that's a, those are billion-dollar drugs. But all of the other stuff that you see advertised, you know, in late-night television, most of which are homeopathic, uh, it's all about the power of suggestion, the psychology. If I buy this product and they tell me it's going to make me bigger and better, I'm going to be bigger and better. It's all about the brain working on the penis. So there are legitimate drugs out. They don't increase sexuality. They don't increase size. They actually increase blood flow. So they do have patients who have marginal erections because of blood flow issues. They will give them a better erection. There's no question about that. Now, speaking of the brain and speaking of the penis, um, does the penis sometimes have a mind of its own? Oh, absolutely. We have a whole section in the book that a man sometimes, his penis is his heart of his personality. So that if he's a bad guy in the bedroom, he's going to be a bad guy in the boardroom. If he's a sourpuss, you know, in the boardroom, he's going to be a sourpuss in the bedroom. And we have a lot of fun with the words. We have a persnickety penis personality and a pompous penis personality and a precocious penis personality. And we, we, we assign them little descriptions. Uh, and we have a lot of fun with that in the book. Yeah. So uh, does that mean if somebody is very potent uh, in the bedroom, they're very potent in their life? Well, we call that superpotency, and that is a combination of many factors. It's a combination of kindness. It's a combination of self-confidence. It's a kindness in believing, you know, you are who you are. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's not being a phony. It's telling it the way it is, acting the way it is. Uh, and those are the things that make a superpotent man. The power of positive thinking is applied to your penis. What about for women? Now, I know this is not focusing on men, but do you think that applies to women, women who are sexual or sensual or get aroused easily or are very strong with their partner? Do you think the same applies? Well, again, I, I wish I were a gynecologist, but I know, as I said earlier in the show, Patricia, there is no greater aphrodisiac. There is nothing that will get a penis harder than a passionate, loving woman. That's for sure. And in my book, I devote a whole chapter to, to women and I want women to be a penis professor. I want them to know where the penis in their life works, why it works, how it works. And I try to give that to them in very simple, straightforward language. So they need to go to my website, penispowerbook.com, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Danoff. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, and I have a blog, the Better Sex blog. And I, there's a lot of good information out there. Penispower.com. I want there's something you just said that I really want to expand on when you talked about 
you know, there's nothing that works with a man more than a loving, passionate woman. Oh, absolutely. So if you have a spouse, and we're doing man-woman here because you deal with men. So if the woman, if you excuse my language, is bitchy, or if she complains all the time, or if all of a sudden she doesn't take care of herself, or she is, uh, again, complaining, that will affect the man's penis, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if a woman is a downer, that's going to be the result of his erection. It's going to be a downer. I mean, anger, anxiety, ill-kempt, lack of hygiene, you know, a kind word, a gentle touch, uh, you know, you're the best, I love you, you're wonderful. I mean, that, that, that... is magic to a man. Magic. All right. So I, I assume you've been married for many years, Dr. Danoff, and I won't ask you about your personal life, but... Uh, but no, I am. I'm actually married for uh, nearly 40 years to the same uh, woman. Okay. Uh, can sex be as good? Now, you don't have to say, but can sex be as good when you've been married that long? Well, it's, it's definitely different. Uh, so, you know, we often say it takes me all night long to do what I used to do all night long. <laughs> so, it, it, it's, uh, it is definitely different. Uh, you know, certainly there isn't the excitement. There are hardly any secrets that, that we don't know about each other. I mean, we, we start each other's sentences. We complete each other's sentences. Uh, you know, and it certainly is, uh, but different. It's, it's certainly no less passionate. Uh, and, 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 you know, in, in a lot of ways, all the pressure is off. Uh, it, it, it's really wonderful. Yeah, there's no performance issues. No, no, perfor- no, no, of course not. I mean, it's not a sporting event. It shouldn't even be. I mean, look, younger people, it's like an Olympic event. I'm bigger, I'm better, I can go longer, jump up and down, higher. You know, and, and as a relationship matures, I think all of that performance, sex as a performance, sex as a circus all fades away. Is there anything that is harmful to the penis sexually or not really? Not really. I think anything that is done behind closed doors that's sensible, I certainly uh, would caution, you know, putting anything in a penis opening, the urethra. Uh, It's very, very delicate, very easy to scar, very easy to injure. You know, but short of that, almost anything goes. Mm. What about sexually transmitted diseases? Well, that is always a problem, and we live in an age—you know—in uh, an age of HIV/AIDS, and unprotected sex. Uh, you know, is certainly something that needs to be considered. And any young person having sex with a new partner—I mean, their their pedigree, every partner that they previously had sex with, becomes—you know—in the line. Uh, they're exposed. Young people have to be very, very, very cautious. Uh, most STDs are treatable. Uh, chlamydia, which is the most common STD in America, is treatable. But HIV, AIDS, terrible problem. All right. I'm going to switch a little bit to sex addiction. Now, I know in your book, uh, I'm reading it right here, is it possible to become addicted to sex? And you write from a medical standpoint, the answer is no. However, as you know, there are many 12-step groups for love addicts, for sex addicts, all kinds of sexual issues. Right. Well, I, you know, as a, medical, as a medical professional, when one says the word addiction, uh, in order to be a true medical addiction, you have to have what we call withdrawal. So nicotine withdrawal, alcohol withdrawal, uh, the DTs, all of that. Now, 
I would like to define those problems as habitual, where you become habituated to something. For example, you get habituated to brushing your teeth two or three times a day, and if you go one or two days without brushing your teeth, uh, you know, you feel terrible. There's something wrong. There's something missing. But yeah. to call it an addiction is is medically not quite right. Uh, do people have problems, you know, with sex? Are they obsessed with sex? Yeah, but Absolutely. I mean, going on porn all the time or constantly, you know, looking at that material. Right. There are groups that will tell you that's a sex addict. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm okay as long as we use the broadest definition of addict. I mean, to say are there people who have problematic issues with sex, and I would agree with that 100%, and those support groups are very, very helpful in trying to get these people's minds perhaps into something more useful or stop being so one-dimensional about their lives. And the same, of course, could be said for, you know, for people who are addicted to alcohol or, or cocaine or nicotine. Yeah, yeah. Now, in your book, you talk about how to become a superpotent man. And you say, commit to cardiovascular fitness, get fit and stay fit, pay attention to what you eat, maintain weight control. And those are important. And get plenty of rest. And, and also the power of positive thinking. You look down in the morning at that little friend between your legs and say, it's you and me, pal, against the world. I love you. You love me. I believe in you. You believe in me. Let's interact. Let's go out there and have some fun. And that makes a super potent man. Fascinating. What are your, um, you know, if people get one thing out of this interview, what, what is your message? What's your message, Dr. Danoff? My message is I want men to be confident in, in what they have. Uh, I want men to be confident in their sexuality. I want self-doubt to disappear. I want anxiety to disappear. I want every woman in the world attached to a penis to become a penis professor. I want to get the penis out of the closet. I don't want people to snicker and hide when one says the word penis. When I go on national television, I always have to introduce, I'm a legitimate guy. Penis is not a pejorative word. Let's, let's get over it. We are a prudish society. There's a lot of mystique about it. Let's try to understand why it works, where it works, how it works. And that's my message, Patricia. Well, and I also think, I want to go back really to the first thing that I read because I think it's amazing. And you said how it's 1% about the penis and 99% about your brain. Absolutely. That that's the, where... The overwhelming majority of young, healthy people. Mm-hmm. Again, please tell people how they can find out more about your work and your book and all of or any appearances you're making. Please tell us. Well, I, uh, I'm a urologist. I practice at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. My website is penispowerbook.com. You can follow me uh, at uh, tw- on Twitter at Dr. Danoff. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I blog on the Better Sex blog. I just appeared on The Doctor's Show, which should air in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to do another appearance on The Doctor's, uh, CBS, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, at least locally talking about uh, prostate issues and sexuality. Um, They can uh, send me questions. I'll be happy to answer them. I hope they will read the book. It's fun. It's factual. uh, It's lighthearted. It's easy to understand, and it's medically accurate. And you're in in the Los Angeles area? Yes. Yeah, I'm at the Cedar-Sinai Medical Center uh, in, in Los Angeles. Okay. 
right. It's been really, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program, Dr. Well, Dan. Uh, you're welcome, and, uh, and thank you for having me. It's been a very pleasant half hour. Yes, well, I want to have you on the program again. So, it would be so my stay, pleasure. All right, we'll stay on the line. We're going to close right now, and then we'll chat about that, because this is such a fascinating, uh, it, it's a fascinating book, and it really gives people hope. It's very positive. Oh, so thank, thank you so much for the kind words, Patricia. Thank you. All right, stay on for a second. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm right here, Patricia Raskin, Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right to me. Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Until next time, bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.